0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bantam Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen.
1: And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario.
0: The Bantam Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Bantam Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Bantam membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community, and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. We will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the banter Roundtable podcast. Uh, Bob, Justin, good morning. We're recording on Friday um, the 25th. Uh, yep. It's been a pretty bad week.
1: Yep, yeah, it has like not that. been
0: good. Mm-hmm. Not been good at all. Um, as uh as everybody now knows, um Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine with a full on, full scale military assault that I don't think anybody really thought that he was going to be this crazy, right? Uh we've got you know, we're gonna be talking about this on, on the show, but obviously this is you know this is gonna dominate most of it. Um but we, I want to, you know, we're going to go in depth on this and talk about, like, what what this all means. Um, uh, also in the show today, uh, we're going to be discussing, you um, uh, know, we've got a big member section for you today. Today is also the uh, five-year anniversary of our dear friend Pazienza's um death. Uh, he left us on February 25th. And I, I want to make this a happy occasion um guys so so uh, we're going to have a fun members only section today members only podcast with some hilarious stories about chess. so yeah uh, please stay tuned for that um everybody because uh yeah i i like to you know look. it's been a hell of a week and uh uh i, I want to remember i want to remember the good times <laughs> for Chez. yes um but good. yeah let's get let's get to it let's let's talk um let's talk russia we've got you know obviously the events unfolding on the ground uh, the right wing reaction to it and then the the left wing reaction to it the far less reaction to it as well which has been equally as is insane um then we have our both sides segment uh too so let's get going guys um so did did you see this coming did you see it that, like as extreme as it's been did you think it was gonna get this far this you bad, know this i
2: I was kind of, and I shouldn't have been surprised, I kind of regret feeling surprised, but I actually thought that Vladimir Putin's front against democracy, uh, I thought it was all about cyber. I thought it was all about cyber attacks, uh, you know, influence campaigns coming out of St. Petersburg and elsewhere. I thought that was his new form of warfare. I thought that's how uh, Vladimir Putin undermines democracies internationally, and so that was my misapprehension for <laughs> a good long time. Until we started to see this uh, latest troop buildup, I thought maybe two thousand fourteen was the last time he was going to try something uh, militarily. And uh, but no, uh, clearly this is uh, this has been something that uh, indicates that maybe Vladimir Putin isn't playing with a full deck because I don't really believe that he survives this. I mean, I'm not talking about assassination or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, I, I kind of buy into Michael McFaul's analysis, which is that this was a tremendous overreach by Vladimir Putin, and he's biting off more than he can chew. This is going to isolate him and perhaps be the end of Putin and what McFaul calls Putinism. So uh, I'm going to go with that analysis, because I think, you know what, the opposite end of that spectrum is too terrible, I think, to comprehend.
1: Uh, I was not as surprised as I would like to have been. I wasn't sure he was actually going to do it until a couple of days before he did it. And I read somewhere, I I forgot where I should have fucking made a note of it where I saw that he had squirreled away, or not him personally, but he had been stockpiling money like because he knew that there were sanctions coming. So he'd been stockpiling hundreds of billions of dollars away to write out the sanctions. And once I saw that, it was like, oh, so he is going to do it because he's ready for what's going to come afterwards, which means he was absolutely prepared to do it. And there wasn't going to be anything that anyone could do to make him not do it. Um, His whole thing is imperialism. His whole thing is he wants to rebuild the Soviet Union um, just under his control, under his personal control. So I just didn't see any reason for him not to do it. So I wasn't really all that surprised at all when he actually did it.
0: Yeah, I, I... I don't know. I, I'm sort of, I guess I was where you guys are. I, I thought that he would, I thought that he would pull back at the last, he would, you know, he, he wasn't going to go ahead with it because of the cost to the to, to the Russian economy. You know, like the West has enormous amount of, particularly, you know, Europe, when Europe acts as, as a kind of a unified front, In conjunction with America, they can really turn the screws on Russia, like really, like make life very, very, very difficult. Um, So I just thought that Putin wasn't going to be that stupid, but and I do think he's miscalculated here. I I genuinely do think that he's made a terrible. It's a terrible overreach that he, you know, he's the the rest of the world is looking on in horror as he's as he's doing this. Like I I have to say, not China. not China, right, but, but China. they've got the I think the Biden administration has behaved admirably over this. I think that they did a very good job of releasing um intelligence as this was happening. So that that has undermined severely undermined Putin's narrative about this, that he's denazifying Ukraine or it wasn't a preemptive war. Because um the the White House basically released all the intelligence they had on what was going on on the ground in in, in real time so everybody sort you could sort of see what was happening you could see the images of the troop build up on the on the border uh so you knew that that this is what they were doing and they were gonna you know all the false flag nonsense that they were that they were the propaganda videos that they were releasing and pushing out on state television so i think they did a really good job of preempting all of this stuff uh, and and controlling the what they've done is controlled the narrative, the global sort of narrative about what, what you know what Putin's been up to. So this is bad, right? And the sanctions are are escalating. You know they're not fucking around with these sanctions at all. I think you know that Russia has a you way. Know, they can evade. They're used to this kind of stuff, so they've got they they can they're going to evade a lot of the t.Here's ways they around it. They're forging ties with with China. They've been. You know, Putin's been pivoting to China over the past few years, anyway. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't they can't get to him, right? They can kick him off of the um, off Swift, you know, the, the international kind of banking system. Uh, they're already freezing f- freezing funds of like Russian oligarchs around the world. It's highly targeted sanctions. It's going to make life very very difficult for Russia's elite and for the population. And I don't think the Russian population want this either. I think they were equally shocked that they you know, they woke up and and um, country had gone to war with with Ukraine, and I don't they, think they they've, won-
1: they've had massive protests under threat of severe punishment.
0: Yeah, so so it is, you know. I I was I was definitely I didn't think he would push it this far, but you obviously you have got to take it seriously, you know, and the US the 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 intel that they were releasing. Was just it was clear as day. It was like you know you can see the troop build up. Like he's not playing. Like he's he's there, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I think you know all the narrative. It, it's been quite interesting to watch all the narratives forming on, on the on the fringes, on the kind of political fringes as well. Which I think, it, which which has been. I wrote a big piece about this about Matt Taibbi and um, Glenn Greenwald and the old lefts take on on what's been happening, which oddly kind of converges with the alt right as well. So the alt left and the alt right are now converging on talking points. And they have almost exactly the same.
1: Oh, my of, goodness. What a shock that well, is. Yeah, Did what, you what, see
2: what a- that Taibi posted a thing where he admitted he was wrong about yeah. Putin invading? I thought yeah, that cool. was, uh, you know what, I absolutely disagree with Matt Taibi about a bunch of shit. But that was kind of big of him. I don't it see was. that often. These days, He's I don't see a lot a of price people. For ad, that. Yeah, confessing that they were wrong about something. Usually now, especially in the social media age, in the age of saving face, no matter what, uh, you know, people seldom will admit that they were wrong. And I think that's a virtue. I think admitting you are wrong about something is absolutely uh, to be admired. Because, um, you know, as I said, it, it really, really never, ever happens these days. People uh, plant their flag on a hill and they fucking die on that hill no matter what. And uh, and so Matt Taibbi, I think, did the right thing in in the face of all of this.
0: He'll get yeah. ba- like look, he'll get back to uh, he'll, he'll get back to to programming as usual. I, I'm yeah, sure of course of he will. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, I'm not it, saying I, I love Matt Taibbi now. I'm just saying that this was a, yeah. this was a smart move of his.
0: Uh, But but he he, he did that. Sorry, Justin, one one second. I'll make this point quickly. Go ahead. 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 Um, But, you know, he did this when, uh, uh, after the January 6th um, uh, 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 insurrection, where he came on his podcast and said, look, I think I've got this wrong. I think I got how dangerous the Trump, how dangerous the alt-right and how dangerous the Trump movement and Trump personally was. I've spent the last four years Basically, downplaying how dangerous this guy is. And then now I think he might be. So that lasted about, that lasted a few weeks before he went back to program as usual. So, yes, Toby has done a, you know, he has um, done a good thing there and admitted that he fucked this up. Like, he, he could not have got it more wrong, right? He could not have, it was an ultimate face plant, right? It was an ultimate, like, I, you know, his credibility after this is I. I don't think he had much credibility anyway over the last few years, but this is now. It's like if you if you're this wrong, why would anyone take what you say seriously?
2: Yeah. And between between admitting he was wrong about the insurrection and admitting he was wrong about this, you think at some point he would reconsider his worldview, especially when it comes to the rise of authoritarianism, uh, the, the power that Vladimir Putin wields, not just in terms of military uh, excursions like this, but also in terms of, uh, like I was saying before, um, the ability to screw with democracies simply by implanting disinformation into the discourse. Uh, this is a, a force that we've never seen before. And I actually, I, I wanted to add along those lines, I think the there is this knee-jerk habit to go to prior events in history. In, in our case, right now this week with this invasion of Ukraine, we've been thinking a lot about uh, the late 1930s and Adolf Hitler in Europe and Poland and so on, the Sudetenland and what have you um, blitzkriegs, uh, we have to look at, we obviously we have to learn from history, but at the same time, I think Vladimir Putin is unique, uh, when it comes to despots in the last uh, 150 years. And, uh, and I think we'd make a mistake by superimposing too often prior events. Uh, I think that will force us to miss things. It's like what I was saying with, uh, Donald Trump for some time. If we superimpose Adolf Hitler on Donald Trump, we're going to miss the Donald Trump things. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? We're going to be looking for Hitler things, and we're going to miss some of the things that are unique to Donald Trump. So, uh, in the same respect, if we're you know doom casting the notion of another World War II or another or the first World War Three, obviously. Uh, I think we may miss some nuances here that are important uh, to differentiate from those things. So, just that's my word of caution about all that.
0: Definitely. No, no, well stated, Bob. So, Justin, what were you.
1: No, what well, really I was going to say about the Taibbi thing, it wasn't just that he apologized, it's what he apologized for. Uh, what he specifically said was um, my mistake was more like reverse chauvinism. Being so fixated on Western misbehavior that I didn't bother to take this possibility seriously enough. Um, And specifically, that being fixated on Western misbehavior, most specifically American misbehavior, which is what the rest of them are still doing. You know, Greenwald and the rest of them uh, are still fixated on American. Like, I've been screaming about this like the last week. All the same people who have spent the last, I don't know, 10 years or plus screaming and crying about American imperialism and how it's the greatest evil of all time have suddenly forgotten that imperialism is a bad thing. Because that's this is what's happening here. We're, not, we're looking at Russian imperialism. Putin yeah. has been very, very clear that he wants to rebuild the so, the, the Russian empire, right? This is straight-up imperialism that he's doing. And all of these people who were super, super, super against imperialism and oligarchs, okay, they hate oligarchs and they hate imperialism, have suddenly forgotten how much they hate oligarchs and imperialism because that would mean they would have to side with Democrats because the Democrats are currently opposing an oligarch doing imperialism.
0: Right. And
1: they can't do it. Right. They just can't do it. <laughs> No, this is
0: a re- that's a really good point, Justin, and 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 this is the thing. It's like I oppose, you know, imperialism in all its forms, right? So it's like you can have a nuanced position on this. You can be against Russian aggression and against American aggression. You know, I was against the Iraq War. I thought that that was a neocon, you know, uh, sort of imperialist, not imperialist in the same way that Putin, um, that Putin is an imperialist. Um, but,
1: but, right. um, no yeah, we weren't planning on taking Iraq and make it into like the 51st state, but it was yeah, definitely I mean, imperialist it, in its own way. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: It's not something that, uh, that I defend in any way, but I will say that there was one major difference insofar as at least <laughs> they said to an extent that it was provoked, even though that we, we know it really wasn't provoked or we know that Iraq had nothing to do with nine 11. Uh, but that was the word, like, oh, yeah, we're doing this because uh, we're fighting the war there so it doesn't come here, or whatever the excuse was. At least they had some sort of pretext. This is just Vladimir Putin, on the other hand, going, yeah, that belongs to us, and we're just going to take it.
0: Yeah, right. So, you know, and and, and this is where the far left sort of, it's this idea that only america is bad that only america is 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 an evil empire uh, and the rest of the world are sort of you know um noble savages almost you know they're they're in this kind of state of purity until the the evil american empire came around and um destroyed everything good and evil like uh expansion of of you know western democracy or, West or capitalism etc etc forgetting the fact that yeah, imperialism exists everywhere and has done for, you know, since the dawn of mankind, pretty much. Um, I'm going to take your stuff and you're going to live under my rules. This is like, it's not unique to the West. It's, it's unique to human civilizations. And I think that the, 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 extre- the extreme left doesn't seem to recognize this. It's very strange. And in many ways, look, like, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in America or do you want to live in Russia? You know? Where, do, well, where where would you prefer? Yeah. America is has done some terrible things uh, throughout history, but I'd much rather live in a in a in a in, at least in a, in a in a country that tries to uphold democratic values uh, as opposed to one that doesn't bother.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the differences between the United States and Russia are vast. And I'm not saying this necessarily from a propaganda point of view, but it, just empirically so. We have so many more freedoms than Russians will ever, ever enjoy, especially under Vladimir Putin. And my hope is that this will, uh, you know, be the beginning of the end for him anyway.
1: You know, just just I, I don't know if you guys have seen it like, you know, Jacobin, right? The Jacobin magazine. These guys are super disturbing. Run right? one. They're super upset with the United States for forcing Russia to invade Ukraine. Right. Because it's our fault, naturally. But. Now, and of course, Russia, uh, Putin's talking about how he's going to denazify um, Ukraine, which is just code word for how he's going to slaughter thousands of dissidents and po- uh, protesters and, you know, the, the political class there so he can set up his own puppet regime. And he's just going to label everyone a, a Nazi and kill them. So a couple of days ago or a, a week or so ago, Jacobin had an article the CIA may be breeding Nazi terror in Ukraine. The CIA has been secretly training anti-Russian groups in Ukraine since 2015. Everything we know points to the likelihood that includes neo-Nazis inspiring far-righted terrorists across the world. And it's like, holy Jesus Christ, it's, they just might as well be just laying out the case here. This justifies everything horrible that Putin's going to do in Ukraine. It's okay. They're Nazis. Don't worry about it it's not crimes against humanity they're actually nazis it's okay
0: i mean this it's all even more sickening given that zelensky the, the ukrainian president is is jewish and lost much of his family in the holocaust so which is like yeah, it, it,
1: it's just it's amazing watching watching the alt left do this they, yeah. they're just they're going to bat for the same people that they should absolutely despise
0: Right, 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 and it's basically Putin. They will say, "Oh no, we're not pro-Putin." It's like, but you know,
1: you're anti-anti-Putin. Yeah, anti-Putin.
0: Right. Which is which is yes, yes. I wouldn't say it's necessarily it's it's it says bad, but it's nearly as bad. You know, it's like pretty bad. It's it's not good, and I think that you know this is our our good friend uh, Glenn Greenwald um, uh, having spent. <sighs> spectacularly botched this whole thing. Um obviously Matt Tyre apologised for it. Glenn Greenwald of course did not. Glenn <laughs> Greenwald instead went on to Tucker Carlson who has been spreading. So this is one that leads on to the you know next part, which is what the right has been doing. And uh, it's very interesting to watch the dynamics on uh, the dynamics in the in the Republican Party and the and the kind of this there's a kind of war in factions between the kind of neocon right and this new sort of neo-fascist, uh, ethno-nationalistic, um, MAGA mob that has now taken over the GOP, basically, and and Tucker Carlson is like the front the front man, you know. So it, watching Glenn Greenwald and Tucker Carlson discuss these topics is is obviously nauseating, but it's very interesting to watch it from a kind of like sociological point of view because you're seeing the alt left and the alt right agree essentially agree on everything um and tucker carlson has been spectacularly disgusting on this i mean really 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 and cool. that's yeah. a really
1: high bar to, that's a really high bar to, clear yeah. to begin with yeah. <coughs> right right it, to the point where i think that now he
0: he's overreached you know i'm all i'm all, I'm, I'm always hoping that tucker carlson will at some point overreach you, you think he, you think he can't ever get Caught for any of this stuff, or he can't ever won't ever pay a consequence for any of this stuff. But I think this time he really has pushed it too far. Uh, you know, we'll see. But there's a fantastic piece in um, The Bulwark, The, the Bulwark, How do yeah, you work? Bul- Bulwark, yeah, Bulwark, yeah. yeah. I'm um, which is you know, it's a conservative um outlet, but but they they've been dead on about Trumpism, they're very anti Trump. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from this, right? And this, they're talking about Tucker Carlson's monologue um, on Tuesday of this week about Russia, about what's been happening in the invasion of Ukraine. So this is a, a fantastic piece by um, uh, William uh, Salton. I hope I oh. how pronounce it. Uh, so anyway, he writes, um, 80 years ago when a dictator rose to power in Europe and invaded his neighbours, he found an ally in the United States. The dictator was Adolf Hitler and his ally was Charles Coughlin, a popular radio host. Oh God, Father Coughlin. Coughlin belittled democracy, defended the Nazis and opposed America's entry into the war, arguing that the movement to enlist the United States was a conspiracy on behalf of a sinister minority, Jews. Today, a new demagogue has taken up Coughlin's mantle. Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Like Coughlin, Carlson has spewed venom for years. And like Coughlin, he has gradually made his treachery, nihilism, and bigotry unmistakable. If anyone still thought there was an innocent explanation for his behaviour, Carlson's latest monologue, delivered on Tuesday night, renders such generosity indefensible. To begin with, Carlson mocked the idea that rolling tanks into another country was wrong. In the view of liberals, he joked, quote, invading America is called equity. Apparently, he was referring to illegal immigration. But, quote, invading Ukraine is a war crime. He delivered this line with scornful, scornful incredulity, ignoring the fact that Russia's invasion of Ukraine, this is the second one in eight years, are indeed acts of war and violations of international law. Carlson downplayed the putative moral differences between Russia, Ukraine, Canada and the United States. He asked why Americans should side with Ukraine against Russia, since Ukraine was, quote, not a democracy. Actually, on the Freedom House, democracy scale, Ukraine gets a rating of 39 out of 100. Russia gets less than 7. Carlson also ridiculed the notion that dastardly old Vladimir Putin is much worse than Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, who, according to Carlson's absurd absurd lie, has imposed, imposed martial law and reduced Canada to a failed democracy. Turning to his own country, Carlson denounced America's current leaders, saying... They don't care at all about our country's stated principles. And on and on and on. Yep. So, like, this, this is what's happening now in kind of in, on the MAGA right, right? Trump uh, Trump was praising Putin, calling him a genius and saying, that, you know, this was like a brilliant move on his behalf. Uh, and Fox News has been busy basically promoting sort of russian talking points like kremlin talking points it's, it's absolutely insane to watch this
2: yeah what uh, tucker carlson's engaged in is some sort of uh well you know what it's what he always does he's selling uh, confirmation bias and yes in the form of uh, pandering to the biases and prejudices and grievances of his audience he's directly doing this it is shameless it is so transparent and so obvious it's amazing um although i shouldn't be amazed because these are all people who were scammed by a well-known con artist <laughs> an obvious con artist in donald trump so they were scammed by him they're obviously going to be scammed by uh, tucker carlson who i think is a little more savvy than donald trump so yeah. what he's been doing like he was saying the other night i think this is the commentary that you were just referencing with the bulwark piece which is that Uh, He was saying, uh, has has Vladimir Putin ever called you a racist? Has he ever uh, told you which bathroom you can use? Has he ever, uh, you know, uh, erased our southern border? You know, he was like ticking off all of the main things that the Trump supporters are bitching about right now and going through those issue areas. So that's the prism that Fox News viewers see everything through. Right. They're seeing everything through these um, these tropes, these bumper stickers that are coming from Donald Trump himself and Fox News Channel. They don't see the nuance. It has to be driven through uh, open borders. And, you know, the great irony in all of this is, you know, Russia has uh, much more stringent gun control laws than the United States. Interesting how Tucker Carlson never said, you know, Vladimir Putin's never coming for anyone's guns.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they just skip over that part.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are quite strict uh, gun control laws. I mean, uh, background checks, uh, certain kinds of guns you can't use, limits on uh, 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 magazines, uh, guns have to be stored in a metal locking container. Rifles that are in Russian uh, military calibers, such as. Uh, I'm not going to the numbers here, but they have to have a ballistic signature that differs them from military guns. I mean, there's all kinds of regulations. Uh, Fully automatic guns are banned, of course. You know, and it's it's something that you're never going to hear from Tucker Carlson. You're never going to hear that. Oh, yeah, they don't like your Second Amendment in Russia. Putin's not a fan of your Second Amendment. But that's a comparison that we'll never, ever hear.
0: Right, of course, you know, so it's obviously you know um high it's propaganda right I mean this is what Tucker Carlson does Tucker Carlson engages in in, in extremely blatant and and um extreme like it's it's like this, it's disgusting really watching him and and he's so transparent what he's doing, but he gets away with it right this i mean and again like you know there there is a lot there's a long history of uh ethno nationalistic. Um, propaganda and media figures who are very skilled at riling up kind of you know um, racial tension this is exactly what Tucker Carlson does anti-immigrant fervor um, you know he wants to whip up racial resentment this is what this is what he does and this is you know I see many parallels throughout history with a lot of other kind of pro you know pro-nazi propagandists um, Pro fascist propagandist Oswald Mosley, a lot of in in the UK, it's kind of scary to watch him do this and to watch him try to essentially what he's doing is it's it's he it's he's kind of I don't know he's a traitor to his country he really is
1: oh, definitely
0: you know and and I say that like I don't like to use I don't like to play that game you know by calling people traitors but he is you know Donald Trump is a traitor Donald Trump. Try to overthrow his own government, right? He's a traitor to democracy. He's a traitor to the United States. Tucker Carlson shields for Donald Trump. He shields for Vladimir Putin. These are stated enemies of the United States. Therefore, he is a traitor.
2: There's actually something I think that's even worse than being a traitor with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is helping to destabilize not only the United States, but to destabilize the world And I don't think his audience really understands what that means, what the damage that could uh, uh, incur as a result of scrambling this uh, Western order that we have right now uh, that's been in place since World War II, upending that, like which Vladimir Putin is actively doing or trying to do, Um, Tucker Carlson aiding in that endeavor, Uh, it's, it's, it's unspeakable the atrocities that can occur in the wake of that destabilization. I'm talking about uh, genocide. I'm talking about endless uh, war and insurgency. Not and it, you know, if it's the worst case scenario, it's not just limited to Ukraine. It's not just limited to atrocities by Vladimir Putin and his military. It goes beyond that. And I don't think they see that far. I don't think Tucker Carlson cares at all what the ramifications of that sort of thing might be. Um, and uh, certainly his audience doesn't know. Uh, but if they did, I think they would start to think twice if they actually believed it, which is another question mark. But this is bad news from the get-go. Uh, if you're starting down this road of saying Vladimir Putin's a good guy and we shouldn't oppose him in the face of everything that he's done, especially going back to 2013, 2014, uh, we're talking about Georgia, we're talking about Ukraine, we're talking about the Snowden operation, we're talking about uh, uh, the the massive attack on our sovereignty and our democracy that began in 2015, 2016, and, uh, and onward from there. Uh, to boost that up, to prop that up, and to make that seem legitimate inside the United States can have, oh my God, concentric... Uh, concentric explosions uh as time moves forward if it's allowed to continue and yeah, yeah, no, uh, he, all i can he, say he, is we, we just have to de- i mean no one's taken tucker carlson off the air anytime soon so we just have to forcefully push back and uh counterpoint everything that comes out of tucker carlson's mouth you say well if we ignore him he'll go away fuck that that's not going to work yeah. either it's, he's got a huge audience. He's famous already. The only way to push back against Tucker Carlson is to push back against Tucker Carlson. Uh, pay close attention.
1: Well, I'm a little curious what they're going to do when um, refugees from Ukraine cr- Ukraine start streaming all over the place. And a whole bunch of them are going to end up here. And normally the right jumps up and down and screams about you know refugees. But Ukrainian refugees are going to be extremely white. So what are they going to do? Like, how do you demonize white refugees? That's not how, you know, the, what, what, what's the right wing playbook for that? I'm not entirely sure. And I'm, Oh, they're quite good at it in the UK.
0: They're quite good at that. Um, demonizing Eastern Europeans. Yeah. So there, there's a playbook. The right does it mm-hmm. in, in, in the UK with, uh, with, with Polish people. So there's the, <laughs> There are, pre- there are precedents they can use. They're, they're very, they're pre- Yeah. What does that look flexible. like though?
1: I mean, that's not really a thing here. Like, well, oh, I mean, we're, we're, like we don't really have a thing against Eastern Europeans unless they're not white.
0: Yeah. That can change. That can change. Um, and look, I think that, you know, the history of, of discrimination in America, it's quite a sort of a new thing to be to have it so racialized. This is a, obviously another discussion in terms of skin color. Right. It kind of goes back to, you know, the Whoopi Goldberg statement about Jews not being a race. Um, that perception is, is quite a modern perception. Um, and it goes into the sort of the the identity politics stuff um, you, you know, that's kind of forefront of the of the kind of conversation on race at the moment, uh, which is basically predicated on, on skin colour, but that hasn't historically been
1: uh the case. Oh I know. We used to we used to bitch and moan about Italians and the Irish and the Germans, mm-hmm. but that can I come mean, back fast. That I, come would, I would I would really like to see them try to do that. They can that would be they can and they probably will <laughs> uh, that that would be super interesting because there's a whole lot of Republicans that are they're mixed yeah. like that's that that's their relatives that's their ancestry it's like wait you mean I'm but I'm not part of the group anymore yeah <laughs> that's kind of how it works buddy and can they always anyone come for
2: you in the end <laughs> and can anyone detect limitations when it comes to this crap can anyone see like okay that's gonna be a bridge too far for these guys uh-uh They're already going. You know what? They're going after contraception next. There is no uh, oppressed group that is going to escape the wrath of the Republican Party. Uh, It's going to continue on. I I mean, I've been predicting it for a while, but I would say within the next five years, we're going to see open blurts of the N-word coming from elected Republicans. I'm not just talking about podcasters or uh, Breitbart commenters. I'm talking about you know actual elected leaders uh, from the Republican party. I mean this yeah, is on the is. Table. there there wow, is no there is, is no optimistic. limit there is no there is no off position on the uh despotism switch, so to speak it's,
0: right. Tucker Carlson can call immigrants dirty right he yeah, can call yeah. immigrants dirty and he's still on the air you mm-hmm. know this is where we're heading you know and I think that like you know a broader point here is that what you're seeing in Russia with Well, I I think we think that things have humans have kind of got more peaceful and uh, you know the world is a better place and it look in many ways it is, but judging by Vladimir what Vladimir Putin has just done, which is essentially just tell the rest of the world to fuck off and destroying a Western democracy uh, as we on live television he's he's bombing um, and destroying a Western democracy literally in front of the entire planet. This is, you know, we still have this problem with our, with, with the human species, right? With with the human population, that we are, we're kind of we're monkeys with guns, you know, and um, we we kind of sometimes forget that. And and nationalism, which I think is a form of tribalism, is is part of our kind of makeup, and it and it rears its ugly head um, throughout history, and we're seeing it now, you know. Trump. This is what Trump played on. This is what Tucker Carlson plays on. This is what Vladimir Putin plays on. And I think these instincts, and this is what you know, the like, what you were talking about earlier about the post World War II order mm-hmm. and all these international organizations. These organizations exist to try and limit the damage of of the of the violent monkeys, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're 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 not working right now. And we need to reinforce them. We need to make sure that these institutions and these alliances. Uh, and our adherence to democratic values remains, you know, steadfast. That's what yeah. that's what our role is. I think reasonable people everywhere. We need to focus heavily on on, on sustaining democratic institutions and legal institutions because yeah, and got- that's, what,
1: that's exactly what
2: Vladimir Putin is afraid of the most. If you want to see, uh, exactly the centerpiece of why he's doing what he's doing it's because he's threatened by democracies on his doorstep. He's threatened by the emerging democracy in Ukraine. He's threatened by NATO. These are all things he's been attempting to undermine for some time now, I- employing Donald Trump in that endeavor, by the way, not only getting Donald Trump elected, which he did, which Vladimir Putin absolutely fucking did, yeah, to convincing Donald Trump to undermine NATO, which Donald Trump did. We have reports going back to last July where uh, Donald Trump was, I mean, he was telling Mark Esper, he said, when in a second term, that's when I back out of NATO. That's when I end our alliance with South Korea. These were all things that Donald Trump had planned in his second term. And that was all part of Vladimir Putin's master plan with the absence of Donald Trump and, uh, you know, a a reliable ally in Washington. Then that's when maybe Vladimir Putin, you know, says, oh, yeah, you know, I've got this military. Well, I want to do something with these guys.
1: Well, it's also I mean, think about it. All right. So you're Putin. You've you've put Trump into the White House and he's doing everything you want. Right. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely your puppet. He is your bitch. And he's working it as hard as you want. He's like, oh my God, he might as well I might as well be paying him in rubles, slap the Russian flag up on the White House. I own this guy. But he has to get reelected. Yeah. And if you invade Ukraine during his his first term and he immediately bends over and says, Please, sir, keep doing that and grovels in front of the entire world. Right now, Ukraine's an ally of ours. And if the United States says, Oh, we love the fact that you're invading our ally, that's going to piss off a lot of people. That's going to tell everyone in the country, Oh my God, this guy really is working for Putin, which really would trash Trump's chances of getting reelected. So he can't, Putin cannot invade Ukraine while Trump is president in his first uh, term. If Trump had won, And like, you know, he's reelected. He gets sworn in on January 20th, January 21st. Putin would have invaded Ukraine because why not? Trump's been reelected. He doesn't have to worry about it now. Now he doesn't he doesn't have to worry about being reelected again and he could just go and invade. It doesn't matter if uh, America sits by sits back and says, oh, go for it. We love you. We all hail Putin. He doesn't have to worry about public opinion anymore. That's why he didn't invade during Trump's four first four years. Mm -hmm. It would have been bad for Trump, and he needed Trump in the White House because he was way more valuable to him there. Yeah, great. Anything he's going to get out of uh, Ukraine? Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that
0: more.
1: So, I no, mean, God uh, help us! Absolutely. God help us! If he, if Trump gets back into office, God knows what um, what's gonna happen. Right,
0: we'll what, he'll, what what he'll he will turn a blind eye to? No, exactly.
1: Well, look, guys, this leads us on to our
0: uh, both sides segment. Um, who, uh, Bob? Who do we have?
2: Well, I'm going with Charlie Kirk, and because sometimes I like going for the low hanging fruit. Uh, <laughs> In the case of Charlie Kirk, the low-hanging morons, um, he said at CPAC this week, and they are having CPAC. In fact, seems like CPAC is now like a monthly thing. We need to take a lesson from that, by the way. We have what uh one Netroots Nation thing every year. Uh, and the Republicans are doing CPAC every month. This month, um, I think they're God, where are they in? Florida, something like that. Um Next month, they're going to be in Hungary. (laughs) Next month, CPAC, end of March. Budapest, Hungary, as guests of Viktor Orban. And uh, so Charlie Kirk was speaking at CPAC this week and talking about Russia. He said, the southern border is a lot more important than the Ukraine border. A dispute 5,000 miles away in cities we can't pronounce and places we can't find on a map well, first of all, speak for your fucking self about not being able to find Ukraine on a map. That says more about the Red Hats than it does about anyone else. But what he's doing, and in, in fact, uh, saying to his own supporters here, saying to Trump supporters at CPAC, is we're with you. It's virtuous that we can't find these places on a map or we can't pronounce words like Kiev or Moscow. You know, that's, that's on them, but at the same time, it's uh, pandering. It's more of what we were saying about Tucker Carlson a few minutes ago. It's reinforcing ignorance. It's making it okay to be geographically moronic about these things. I say, like, well, you know, why, why are we bothering with Ukraine? Well, first of all, we're not doing anything in Ukraine. It's not like we're sending military, uh, you know, military buildup to defend Ukraine. We're merely applying sanctions and watching this very, very carefully from a diplomatic point of view. And uh, but needless to say, it doesn't matter because we're in a nuance-free world where they can you know say things like this and it lands. Yeah, you know, when you appeal directly to the biases and ignorance of your audience, you're never gonna lose. I mean, that's a that's a winning formula right there. Tucker Carlson knows it. Charlie Kirk knows it. Donald Trump knows it more than anybody. Don, if you think Donald Trump for one minute likes his supporters and shares values with his supporters, uh, you're lying to yourself. I Donald mean, Trump share, is... Uh, they share racism. Yeah, they share racism. Well, they're, they're ex- <laughs> Donald Trump has no core values whatsoever. He is an empty vessel. He is a sociopath. That's yeah. true. And so, you know, he's uh performatively racist he's performatively authoritarian he's performatively a, a white supremacist and uh you know probably nazi th- sympathizer somewhere in there um but i don't think he i think he says what he has to say to you know to make himself richer to make himself more popular uh um, yeah I don't think and he that, that and that doesn't that doesn't what? excuse the racism the performative racism but i mean performative racism is still racism but it right. doesn't come from a place of of core values because That's Donald true. Trump's only, well, I shouldn't say he's lacks core values. He's, he has one core value, and that is whatever himself. I need to do to help Donald Trump, I'm going to do that. <laughs> That's right. what he does. That's his core value. Same goes with Charlie Kirk. In fact, Donald Trump and Charlie Kirk are on the exact same page. I was referring to this as the Charlie Kirk foreign policy because Donald Trump said the exact same fucking thing on some uh you know, I don't know, it was a cable interview or some podcast or something like that. This week, Donald Trump was saying, yeah, our southern border. Why don't uh, why don't we do what Vladimir Putin is doing? But on our southern border, which is basically Donald Trump saying, let's invade Mexico. Jeez. And, then, you know, Ronnie Jackson was suggesting that we sanction Canada because of the emergency powers employed to break up the trucker convoy or whatever the fuck that was unbelievable. That's yeah, these are uh, the same
1: people who were talking about using the US military to break up the um the, the 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 Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah, yeah. Uh two summers ago, but you know, Canada's tyranny. Tyranny, tyranny, right. tyranny.
2: But I mean, you never see ultimately uh, for the both sides aspect of all of this. You never see democratic leaders pandering to the ignorance of their audience. I think Democrats, this is one of the major differences between Democrats and Republicans, Democrats appeal to the aspirations of uh, Democratic voters. Uh, Republicans appeal to the grievances and biases of their voters. It's a huge, chasmic difference between the sides. Anyone who tells you that there's some sort of overlap, maybe there is some sort of overlap, but in a very nominal way between the Democrats and Republicans. Sometimes there are corporations that contribute money to vote contribute money to both in order to, uh, you know, in order to uh, uh, spread their money around and and cover their bases. But by and large, the approach of these parties couldn't be more vastly different. (laughs) Aspirations versus grievances. That's what it is. That's how you boil it all down. So there it is.
1: Justin, here you go today. All right. So mine is not Russia related. So sorry, but, um, I've got Kyle Rittenhouse, the delightful piece of trash that uh drove over state lines so he could murder some people and then he got away with it. Mm. Um, he is a hero to the right wing as all murderers who are racially motivated are. Um, and he has started a new grift as many on the right do. Uh, his new thing is a media accountability project and he's going to fundraise so he can sue everyone who called him a murderer and uh, yeah so now that's not going to work right you, you're not, you can't sue people for calling you a murderer especially when you murdered people because you're a murderer that's how it works right mm. you shot people you went out of your way to do it just because you got acquitted in court doesn't mean that you that just because you got away with it in court doesn't mean you didn't actually do the thing. So, this is a huge grift. He's going to make a shitload of money off of this because if there's one thing the right loves to do is throw money at people who kill people they hate. George Zimmerman, Zimmerman sold his gun, the one he used to kill Trayvon Martin, for like $250,000, I think it was. Um, the only reason that Kyle Rittenhouse Crazy. isn't selling his guns because he doesn't have it. Uh, otherwise, he would probably sold it for a cool million by now. But this is something that only exists on the right. There is no left wing equivalent of this. There is one, not because, that yet. Yeah, Absolutely
0: we don't go yet. out and
1: we don't go out on you know killing sprees in the first place. And even when we do, like there's that one guy who shot up Republicans at the. Um, the the congressional baseball game we don't lionize them we don't put them on a pedestal we certainly don't help them raise money like i don't even know that guy's name like i know he did it i don't know his name he's not celebrated um no one leapt to his defense you know like and we all hate republicans but we were like uh i don't know about shooting them maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it uh, but there's just no equivalent but this happens all the time. The the guy the, the the couple who pulled out their guns and pointed them at a bunch of protesters walking by their house, they're heroes, and one of them's running for Congress, I think. And they're gonna make a ton of money in donations because the right wing loves to throw money. And it's just grift after grift after grift. Like all you have to do is either threaten somebody with a gun and say, I did it because freedom or kill somebody with a gun and said, I did it for freedom. And you're, if you don't go to jail, you can almost write your own meal ticket for the rest of your life. And there is and just, there's no equivalent to that on the left, but you know, both sides, both, both sides, sides are just up. as bad. Well, I've
0: got my one today is, uh, I've I've gone back and forth on who I'm choosing this week, but I've I've settled on um, so many choices. <laughs> yeah, our good friend Steve Bannon and um, Eric Prince actually. So I want you to listen to this clip. This is them talking about why uh, we should be supporting Russia because um, Putin is anti woke and has <laughs> and basically hates the um, LGBT, LGBTQ community. Hold on, just listen to this. That's, and the reason
2: that Putin ain't woke, he is anti woke. The Russians, oh, people still know which bathroom to use.
1: Oh fuck! They know you. how many how many genders are there in Russia? Two. Okay, that's all of a sudden. That's 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 not that's
2: not. They don't have the flags. They don't have the pride flags outside on their on their. They don't have boys swimming in girls' uh, college swim meets. How backward! It's it's how, how embarrassed, backwards. How savage! How medieval! How, how medieval this is why this whole thing's a scam it's a total and complete scam
0: uh, so that's yeah that's steve bannon talking to uh right wing extreme right-wing big businessman eric prince founder of blackwater and uh Maga nutjob
1: <laughs> fuck's sake yeah, i hope the- i live long enough for him to die from cancer oh bannon Bannon because he obviously to is long. being consumed from the inside out by evil. So you can just look at that. his face, you can just see the sort of the
0: evil manifesting manifesting yeah. itself on his face. He's You're got like that dark side
2: of the force necrotism, uh, ne- he necrotic really skin does. or whatever that, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, he I mean, really, really, really. We, we 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 need to love Putin because Putin hates gay people and trans people, basically He's- is what they're
1: saying. These are horrible people. (laughs) Once
2: once again, they're filtering a a very nuanced situation through the prism of their primary grievances. They just gave you a list of all the things that the Republican Party gives a shit about right now. And they're not particularly important things, at least from the perspective of uh, we need to oppose this shit. Uh, You could go do an entire list of the insanely oppressive things that Vladimir Putin does to his own people from, uh, you know, concentration camps, reeducation camps for gay people to poisoning journalists, poisoning political opponents. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, uh, gun control, as I was saying before. So yeah, you but can yeah, downplay Vladimir Putin like- because yeah, you can Vladimir downplay Vladimir Putin. All you fucking want Steve Bannon. Uh, it, it doesn't make him a hero. And this is just a, the, the damage of this is so immeasurable.
0: Yeah, I mean, liking Vladimir Putin because he doesn't like trans people is, yeah, there we go. That's where you are on the right wing in America right now. Uh, and again, both sides are not the same. So um, anyway, guys, let's. we're gonna be moving into the member section where we're gonna be uh, telling some good fun stories about our, our, our dear friend, Ches Pazienza we're going to talk about the time where he uh kept um <laughs> he kept writing articles about my my ex girlfriend on the <laughs> website uh i was pleading with him to stop uh we sent him to ferguson um with a fake press pass uh and a few other stories as well so uh you can get a um two-month free trial on a abandoned membership if you'd like to listen to the podcast and support what we do. So you do that and you'll get access to all our premium articles that are necessary to the editor feature, um, exclusive chat threads, and you'll get to be uh, helping us out because we rely 100% on on our readers to pay our, our bills. Uh, guys, thank you very much.
2: Thanks so much, man. Yeah, we'll and the rest week. we'll see you
0: next week.